praise God. God is so good to us. I have a very special message this morning, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm regretting that I can't put the scriptures up on the wall. All I can say to you is that some of the things I'm going to share with you today are quite shocking. So if you want to get a pen and write down scripture references, you can. Or if you want to just, after the service, you can always go on our Facebook page and, and watch it again. Or you can go to our YouTube page and watch it again. So you can do either of those. But if you want to jot down some scripture references somewhere along the way, uh, you might find it advantageous. All right, so thank you so very much for being here. And uh, I believe that God is going to do a great work among us. I'm going to the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to chapter 3. And I'm going to begin reading in verse 20. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. I want to tell you that tonight we're expecting to have a great time in the Lord, if the Lord hasn't come yet. We believe in the imminent return of the Lord. And so if he has not returned yet, we will have service at the normal time, which is 6.30. And I think we shall probably have our spiritual growth classes, but I don't see uh, Sister Terry. She must have stepped out. So I believe that's the plan. So those who have begun spiritual growth classes and those who have not yet begun tonight is a good time to begin. Those begin at 5 p.m. right here at the church and across the street in the Learning Center. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. And for a few moments, I'm going to speak on this subject, if any man hear my voice. Father in heaven, we give you praise and glory and honor. You are the great and wonderful, precious Savior. We're thankful for the name that's above all names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess. We're thankful, Lord God, that you are powerful and great. And I ask you, Lord, now that you would just take control of the remainder of this time that we have together, and that you would guide thy servant, that you would help me, Lord, to do what you'd have me to do today. And I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you sit down for just a few moments. In Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20, the Lord Jesus told the church, he said, behold, I stand at the door. It's unusual, doesn't it seem, that the Lord will be standing at the door of a church and saying, I, I stand at the door. But nevertheless, I think I'd like to delve into this a little bit more. When someone comes to visit, many times one of the children or the spouse will say, someone is at the door. That means somebody has walked up to the door, is standing outside, knocking and waiting for you to come to open the door. I have a question for those who are listening. I have a question for all of our nation, America. 
Are you listening? The Lord Jesus is standing at our door. And he's knocking. It's urgent. Biblical end time signs and markers are being ignored. And yet he stands at the door. This moment will not last forever. This opportunity will not always be. Don't assume that because you can come to church today, you will always be able to come to church. Don't assume today that just because you have been up to this point allowed to serve the Lord according to the dictates of your conscience, that that will always be the case. Biblical end time markers are being ignored. I'm reminded that Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives in Matthew 24 and 3. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? Jesus immediately answers in Matthew 24, 4, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. And note what he says. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Our world is headed in a direction now that the Bible calls the beginning of sorrows. That's why it is important that you hear what the Word of God has to say to you today. I don't care what's on your schedule later. Let's just forget it for a few moments. And let's come together in now, in this moment. Evil is being called good. And good is being called evil. There is a full court press of a war of deception that is going on right now. And I hear Jesus knocking. Evil is being called good. The things that the word of God says are to be despised. Now they're saying should be honored. And the things that we once honored, they're saying, now those things should be despised. And I hear Jesus knocking. Nation is rising against nation. And most of us are not Greek scholars. But if you were to read that in the Greek, it would say, not nations is rising against nation, but ethnos is rising against ethnos. In other words, the word of God this described that there would be a war among ethnic groups in the last day. It's not so in the church. It's not so among the believers, but it's so in the world. And it's at a point now where it could be a tipping point. Jesus said, ethnos shall rise against ethnos. And I hear Jesus knocking. Kingdom, that's the word for sovereign nation. Kingdom shall rise against kingdom. Sovereign nation shall rise against sovereign nation. 
And we hear the sabers rattling in China. And we hear the sabers rattling in Russia. And, and we hear the sabers rattling in Iran. And, and we wonder, what is going to happen? And I tell you that Jesus is knocking. The prophet Jeremiah, in chapter 50 and 51, prophesied of a nation who is an ally of Israel who will be viciously attacked. Now here is something you're not probably going to hear from anybody else around here. I'm just telling you. It's something that I feel like is very important. And it comes from the lips of the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah was one of the most important prophets who ever lived in the Old Testament. And I want to share with you a few verses out of this. And again, you can either go back and watch it online or you can jot down the references because I'm going to be moving right along. In Jeremiah chapter 50, Jeremiah begins to prophesy something about something that is highly unusual. He says in verse 9, For lo, I will raise and cause to come up against Babylon... an assembly of great nations from the north country. Now, if you study the Bible, you know that north, south, east, and west are determined by their relationship to Jerusalem. And so he says, I see an assembly of great nations from the north country. So you'd have to go on the map, see where Jerusalem is, and look northerly, and you'll get a vivid picture and they shall set themselves in array against her, against this nation. Now, here's why, you have to listen carefully, why I know this is not just a prophecy concerning something that has already happened, because what he's going to say now has never yet happened. Okay? Now, understand with me that Bible prophecy is fulfilled in concentric circles. What I mean by that is, it's like you take a stone and you throw it across the water and it skips and it hits one, two, three, or four times. Each time it lands and moves on. So is Bible prophecy. For instance, and I've explained this to some of you before, but Peter could say, could say in 33 AD, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Pastor can come to the pulpit today in 2021 AD and still correctly say, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. So you understand that prophecy can have more than one fulfillment. It was fulfilled in 33 AD. It's been fulfilled several times and it's still being fulfilled today. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. The prophecy I'm going to refer to now is a troubling one. Because it says that against this nation that the Bible calls Babylon, and I don't have time to go into all of that, but there was a religion of Babylon. An assembly of great nations from the north country will set themselves in array against her, and this is the part that has never happened in all of history. From thence she shall be taken. Now, the Bible talks about a nation that will be attacked by an assembly of nations that will not even have to leave the borders of their country. 
This has never happened in all of human history. Especially back in the ancient times, it required an army to leave the borders of their country and march or sail to another country. But this prophecy is different that Jeremiah makes. He says that this nation that he is prophesying against shall be attacked and from thence or from within their own borders she shall be taken. And notice it calls it their arrows shall be as a, of a mighty expert man. None shall return in vain. So Jeremiah says there will be a, an attack, but the people who attack will conquer that other country from within their own country, and they will be like arrows from a, a mighty expert precision archer. Are you listening, Sister Connie? Her last name's Archer. Okay. What I'm about to share with you is absolutely breathtaking. You need to stay with me for just a moment. From thence she shall be taken. Their arrow shall be as of a mighty expert man. And then it says, none shall return in vain. The attack against this nation, whoever he is seeing this in his prophetic eyes, he says the attack will be successful. It, the arrows will reach their mark. They will be fired from within their own borders as from a mighty expert man, and none shall return in vain. Now let's take a little closer look at this. In Jeremiah 15, verse 11, this nation who he is prophesying about is described as a nation that is, quote, fat as a heifer at grass. It's one of the descriptors is it's, it's a place where evidently a lot of people are overweight. In verse 12 of chapter 50, the nation whom Jeremiah prophesies about is said to have a, quote, mother that has been, quote, sore confounded. It is a nation that has a mother that one time was a great power, but now has been greatly reduced. She has been sore confounded. This nation that Jeremiah prophesies about in verse, 15, uh, verse 12 of chapter 50, she is again described as being the hindermost of the nations or the farthest removed from Jerusalem or the youngest in age. It's the hindermost of the nations. In chapter 50, verse 14, Jeremiah says that this nation that God is going to allow to be destroyed has her foundations fallen. It says her foundations are fallen. In verse 14, it says she has sinned against the Lord. I'm just reading in the Bible, and I, I'm, I'm getting a very uncomfortable feeling here. 
I'm reading in Jeremiah 50, 14, it says, this nation that Jeremiah said will be destroyed by an army that will not leave its coast, will not leave its borders, but will fire arrows as from a mighty expert man. It says, she has sinned against the Lord. And in verse 15, he says, her foundations are fallen. My God. Whoever this nation is, she sinned against the Lord and her foundations are fallen, Jeremiah says. But it gets even more interesting as you keep reading. In Jeremiah 50, 23, this nation that will be destroyed by arrows from within the border of another country, the Bible describes her and says she is the hammer of the whole earth. She is a shaping influence of the whole earth. In Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 23, in Jeremiah 50 and 24, it says she will be taken by complete surprise. And it says in Verse 24, these words, thou wast not aware. America, Jesus is knocking. Wake up. Wake up. Behold, I stand at the door. In Jeremiah 51 and verse 41, it says, How is the praise of the whole earth surprised? You talk about some apt descriptors. In chapter 50, he says, You weren't aware. In chapter 51, he says, The praise of the whole earth is surprised. Back to chapter 50, verse 37, it says, she is a nation of, and I quote, mingled people. It's a nation of immigrants that Jeremiah is prophesying of. And then chapter 50, verse 58, Jeremiah says that they are mad upon their idols. You know, you always think of idol worshipers as being some primitive back country that, you know, they're just very primitive and so they worship idols. But that is not necessarily true. Anything that you put between God and you becomes an idol. Whether it be a sports team, a rock star, or your money. Anything that you place ahead of God has made you and makes you an idolater. Jesus makes a great first violin, but a horrible second fiddle. If you're going to serve the Lord, I advise you to serve him now. And if you're going to serve the Lord, I advise you to serve him with all of your heart and put him first. Putting him second doesn't give him a warm, fuzzy feeling about you. But putting him first will. Jeremiah 51.1 says that this nation, whoever it is, shall be hit with, and I quote, a destroying wind. 
I'm not a physicist. I don't understand all the things about nuclear explosions, but I understand there is a destroying wind that goes with that. And whoever this nation is says she will be hit with a destroying wind. In Jeremiah 51 and 7, it says that whoever this nation is, I hope you're hearing me, has been a golden cup in the Lord's hand. Someone that perhaps has sent more missionaries than any other nation in the world. Someone that has blessed third world countries, perhaps more than, well, there's no perhaps, absolutely. Someone, a nation that perhaps has, has rebuilt Europe and rebuilt Japan. If you're listening, if anybody can hear me, I think you would know that there is a nation that has been a golden cup in the Lord's hand. But Jeremiah says in Jeremiah chapter 51 and verse 11, he described the arrows. Now remember, Jeremiah lives in a very ancient day. When you're talking about Jeremiah, you're talking about somebody who lived 600 and something B.C. So they didn't have the modern warfare weapons and all the technology. He said, but all I can tell you is these arrows are different. He said, they're bright arrows. And he describes them in Jeremiah 51, 11. And then, folks, ladies and gentlemen, this should knock you right backwards. What I'm going to share with you right now. He said, these nations are going to fire bright arrows. And then he says, and this is at least one of the places they will come from. Where the, the attack will be launched from. See, I don't know a lot about other stuff. You, you people, all of you are more talented than I am when it comes to many, many things. But there's one thing that I've made a life study of, and it's this book. My God, I'm looking at this book, and I shiver as I read what I read. In Isaiah 51, 11, it says, The Lord has raised up the spirit of the kings of the Medes, and that these bright arrows, and at least some of them, will be fired by the Medes. Somebody says, yeah, so? Well, this is what is so. Hear me. Around the 11th century B.C., the Medes occupied the mountainous region of northwestern Iran. And if you look into your encyclopedias, you will find that the Medes were an ancient Iranian people. I'm not knocking the people of Iran, by the way. I'm just telling you what this prophet so inconveniently declares. It has got so quiet in here that I could hear a church mouse running across the floor. And that's okay. It means you're processing. You're listening. Jeremiah chapter 51 said, The Lord has raised up the spirit of the kings of the Medes. And there will be bright arrows fired by the Medes. 
and I hear Jesus knocking at the door. Everybody's intent on doing their business and their things, and they got things to do. But I'm going to tell you what we need to be doing. We need to do what Lot should have done. We need to be running to everybody that we love and care about and say, hey, listen, Jesus is knocking at the door. Behold, he's coming soon, and, and there's an attack that's about to come, and, and we want to be ready for the coming of the Lord. Today, the world stands at the brink of unprecedented famines. I'm not making this up. I wish I could be. I love America. I am a patriot. I fly the flag in my yard. And I fly the flag in front of this church because I appreciate the sacrifice that's been made by the generations that have brought us to where we are. But I tell you that the world is standing on the brink of unprecedented famines. And I was studying this just recently, and I read statistics that pointed out that about 30 million people are experiencing alarming hunger. Secure a severe levels of food insecurity and malnutrition in northeastern Nigeria, South Sudan, Somalia, and Yemen. And 10 million of them are facing emergency famine conditions, and I hear Jesus knocking. What shall be the sign of thy coming? Take heed that no man deceive you. There shall be famines. I want everybody who will listen to know that Jesus is standing at the door. And, and I'm not here to try to scare you. I just think we need to realize that what we're experiencing right now is predicted and prophesied, and that we, are now we have now entered into the era that we should be, everyone should be looking up, Amen. making sure your garment is without spot or wrinkle. Spot you get by doing something, wrinkle you get by sitting down. If you're going to sit down, why don't you wait until the trumpet sounds? If you're ever going to stop praying, months you'll wait until after the trumpet sounds. I can't imagine a painter who doesn't paint. I can't imagine an automobile mechanic that never works on an automobile. And I can't imagine a Christian who never prays. And I hear Jesus knocking on the door. More than 100 million confirmed COVID-19 cases around the world. 2.2 million have died across nearly 200 countries. And I hear Jesus knocking. I'm trying to get your attention, world. I'm trying to get your attention, Mainer. I'm trying to get your attention, American. I'm trying to get your attention. You're running out of time. I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. Behold. I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. You see, God is giving us right now a space to repent. God has given America a space to repent. Be careful that we don't discard that chance. Be careful that we don't rush about and all of our 
personal interest and forget the day and hour in which we are living. God is giving America, God is giving Maine a space to repent. I predict to you that the coming of the Lord is nearer than what you ever thought possible. These are not normal, average, ordinary times. I feel like God's giving us a chance, a space to repent. When Noah was building the ark, while Noah was preaching, he gave the world a space to repent. God spoke to one of the churches and said, I don't like what you're doing. He says, but I'm going to give you a space to repent. And if any man hear my voice and open the door, two things you have to do. You have to hear his voice and open the door. I will come into him. I want to tell you something. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. With the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. That is about to take place, ladies and gentlemen. And it's not going to matter what name is over the door of your church. What's going to matter is, is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? But here's the deal, and I won't be much longer. I'm wrapping up now. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, and he said, There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. He said there's so many voices calling, so many voices that are speaking. There's a, a chaos of voices, so many kinds of voices. So many voices. I want to tell you that the greatest danger is not COVID. The greatest danger is not earthquakes in diverse places. The greatest danger is that in the very last few moments of your race, that somehow you become confused and listen to the wrong voice. You need to hear the voice of God, not what you're wanting to hear, but what God says. And I'm telling you something, it will have extreme consequences because the Lord is about to come. Our families need to be saved, and we need to be about the work of God. So much noise that people aren't hearing the still, small voice of God like they need to that gentle whisper of the Holy Spirit that says, you know, you ought to take care of that. And it's not a, many times a, a loud voice, although it can be, but many times it's what the Bible calls a still small voice. Something that just checks you in mid-stride and says, you know, you really ought to think about that. You need to be sure that you're not so caught up in the current of your own desires. In the stream of your own plans. That you're caught in the current and it's becoming stronger and stronger by the day. I think we're walking very close now to the coming of the Lord. 
Many years ago, my, my friend Sidney Kerr took me down to the river, and he asked me if I wanted to go whitewater rafting with him. I thought that sounded like fun, so he got his Army surplus, Navy surplus raft, the two-man raft, and I didn't know what he was getting me into. Took me down to the and when we got down to the riverside, I heard this ominous roar. It was like, whoa, what is this roar? And I got down there and I see signs, danger, portage. What does that mean? He said, we're going to put in right here. I said, we are? I said, I think I'll let you go by yourself. I'll just stand here and watch. It's been many years ago when I was a young man. He said, I won't tell anybody you chickened out. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I just had a birthday a few days ago. That wouldn't bother me one bit now. I'd say, you just go ahead and tell anybody you want. But back then, it meant something, and I said, all right, I'm in. And I got in the front, and I grabbed a hold of the little rope that goes around the top. Brother Keir got in the back with the one oar. Jumped in and shoved us out and started paddling. And I thought, this isn't too bad. And then I felt something go. And the, the boat lurched. And I heard him say, We're committed. I said, what you mean? We're committed. Well, what he was saying was, it didn't matter now how hard he paddled. There was no going back. I am preaching to somebody, either online or in this building, that you need to stop what you're doing and listen for the still small voice of God before it gets to the point where you hear a voice say, you're committed now, there's no turning back. Now I will tell you that it's a, it's a funny feeling when you're committed to something you weren't really sure about. And as we got near the edge of that thing, I looked down, and I'm sitting in the front seat of the roller coaster. I hate the front seat of the roller coaster. And I'm looking down, and there's this big swirling whirlpool that looks like we're headed right for it, and Davy Jones' locker at the bottom of it. And we go over, and Brother Keir is paddling like crazy, and by the help of God, we went right around the edge of that. And later, we laughed, and we said, oh, that was fun. <laughs> he said, you know, that's, that's not a rapids. I said, no, I thought it was. He said, no, I looked on the map. It's called a falls. <laughs> Hello. Don't wait until you hear the roar of the river 
as it pulsates and thunders over the falls carrying you and your family. Don't wait until you hear that and then say, well, I was, I, I'm, just, I'm just so sure this is what I've got to do and bless God, that's the way it's going to be. You need to listen to the voice of the still, small voice of God. You see, what you're not realizing is right now, we are at the very edge of the coming of the Lord. Our kids need to have uh, utmost help right now. We need to be involved like we've never been involved. We need to pray. Everybody needs to be in prayer and believe in God. And I'm not preaching a sermon of fear. I don't believe that we should be fearful. But I do believe what the Bible says. And I beg of you to stop, look, and listen. Haggai said it this way in Haggai 1 and 5. Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you don't have enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earns wages, earns wages to put it into a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord, consider your ways. You look for much, it came to little. When you brought it home, I did blow up on it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts, because of my house that is wasted. And you run every man into his own house. I have to ask you this question. What are you doing? Wait upon the Lord until you can once again hear that still small voice of God. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Anything I have to jump into usually is wrong. Oh, this is a deal you can't miss. You better, you got to do it today. If you don't do it by the end of the day, you miss out. I'm out. Well, what are you talking about? I've got to hear that voice from God. I've got to hear that still, small voice. I've got to know that this, I've lived for God all these years waiting for the coming of the Lord. I don't intend to miss it now. A Native American was in downtown New York walking along with his friend who lived in New York City. Suddenly, the Native American said, I hear a cricket. You're crazy, his friend replied. No, I hear a cricket. I'm sure of it. It's the noon hour, his friend laughed. You know there are people bustling around, cars honking, taxis squealing, noises from the city. I'm sure you can't hear a cricket. I'm sure I do, his Indian friend said. And then he listened attentively and walked to the corner across the street and looked all around. Finally, on the other corner, he found a shrub in a large cement planter. He dug beneath the leaf and found a cricket. His friend was astounded, but the Indian said, No, my ears are no different from yours. It simply depends on what you are listening to. Here, let me show you. He reached into his pocket, pulled out a handful of change, a few quarters, some dimes, nickels, and pennies, and he dropped it on the concrete right then and there, and every head within a block turned. 
You see what I mean? The Native American said as he began picking up his coins, it all depends on what you are listening for. You can hear what you want to hear. It all depends on what you're listening for. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in unto him and will sup with him and he with me. I wish somehow I could take the presence of God and just put it like headphones on your ears and that you would just feel the, the wonderful, powerful presence of God. It would help you to know, but you're going to have to be still and listen for the still, small voice of God. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And sorry I could not travel both and be one traveler long I stood. Looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other as just as fair, and having the better claim because it was grassy and wanted wear. Though as for that, the passing there had warned them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay, and leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day. Yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. Many years ago, I said, Lord, whatever you want, I'm willing. Whatever you want, Lord, I'm willing to do it. Whatever you like, Lord, it's not what I like, it's what you like. And what, not what I want, but what you want. And not what I love, but what you love. And I made a decision. And I became committed, not in a fearful way, but years ago, I said, Lord, I'm going to live for you. I've repented of my sins. I was baptized in the name of Jesus. I received the Holy Spirit of God speaking with tongues. I'm not ashamed of it. I was just a small child raised by a godly mother that's sitting here on the second row. She's 99 years old. And she taught me to love the Lord, to serve the Lord. I've got too much to gain, to lose. If you think for a moment that I would prostitute my calling to tell you something that would advantage me and disadvantage you, you don't know me. I've come too far. I've gone too far with the Lord to turn back now. What I tell you today, I tell with a heart of love. What I tell you today, I tell you because America, Jesus stands at the door and he's knocking. And there's lots of things that are going on that are trying to distract the people of God. But right now, everybody just needs to get ready. What are you doing? I'm, I'm going to start praying more. What are you doing? I'm getting my garments ready. I, I think I hear my friend knocking. 
I'm going to go open the door. What are you going to do? If they'll open the doors of that house of God, I'll be in there worshiping the Lord. I've come too far to turn back now. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, I will still come in. I've read to you what the Word of God has to say. My mind goes back to many faithful men of God who have served the Lord. I think of people like Ralph Peasley, Donald Collins. Sister Wheelock, Josephine Wheelock. And of course, my friend Brother Stevens. And now I'm on that last lap. And I'm pulling for everything I'm worth. God, I want to make it. God, I want these people to make it. God, I want America to not only survive, but to thrive. God, I want people to be saved. And I hear him knocking, and I'm wondering, do you hear his voice? There's a still, small voice that's speaking today. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads with me right now? I feel in my spirit that there's some that you need to hear this word today. There's a still small voice of God. You have to separate it from all the voices that are calling. Jesus is calling. Obey his voice. Obey his voice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.